YMIT Podcast, Young Millionaires in Training. This is episode number five of the full episodes. Acquire all necessary insurances. I can't help you live better if you can't even afford to die. Okay, so before we get into it and get into the good information, I actually want to give a shout out to this week's sponsor, the William Nixon Photography Firm. There, so they're servicing the North Carolina triad area and beyond. Contact us for all your photography needs, which include, but not limited to, weddings, events, portraits, maternity, and family sessions. We're still booking for 2022, and here at William Nixon Photography, we make your memories immortal. Check out our website at williamnixonphotography.com or email us at williamnixonphotography at gmail.com to book. Also, follow us on IG, William Nixon Photography, and like us on Facebook at William Nixon Photography, LLC. William Nixon Photography, making memories immortal. All right, now that we kind of got that out of the way, always shout out to our sponsors, great photographer there in that Winston-Salem and Triad area. So this week, as I mentioned before, we're actually going to be talking about insurance. Okay, acquiring all necessary insurances. So if you remember on those nine steps, the Young Millionaire Training Nine Steps, the YMIT Nine Steps, the quote-unquote financial freedom, but just financial stability and freedom, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter to me that much. I say freedom, you may say stability, whatever works. Anywho, not to get off on the rant on that, but the second step, is acquire all necessary insurances. So this one is super important because when you're on your journey and your path, you can do all the planning in the world, but at the end of the day, life will happen at some point. And no matter how much planning you're doing, when life happens, it could throw everything off. So insurance is so high on the list because before you start doing anything, you want to make sure anything that could severely damage your plan or could change your quality of life should most likely be insured if well i was going to say if they offer insurance for it they offer insurance for almost everything so you can get insurance you can get pet insurance i'm not talking about pet insurance today but just to give you kind of an example so we're going to go over six main types of insurance okay Keep in mind that insurance is not uh, something you buy to keep things from happening. However, it's something that you buy to help mitigate the risk. Okay, so for the nature of the conversation today, we're going to talk about six main insurances and then some couple of bonus insurances. I call them, you know, extra like once you you got everything in order and you want to kind of go back and make sure that you're really mitigating those risks in your life. These are some good ones to start kind of looking into as well. So number one, health insurance. My wife, she worked in health insurance for years. So she is a super guru at that. So if anybody has any questions, reach out to me or reach out to my wife. She'd be more than happy to let you know anything about it that it is. And and shout out to you, sweetie. Yes, I just volunteered you. But you love me, so it's cool. So number one important thing with this health insurance. So you may get sick at some point and need to access this. Or it's it's just good to have it because everybody's going to get some form of sick. So 
that you can make sure you always go to the doctor and keep those things alive, especially coming off of the pandemic. The first thing that you want to do, if you have pre-existing conditions, you want to make sure that those pre-existing conditions are covered in your health insurance. So if you have any kind of disease, like you said, pre-existing condition, you want to make sure that condition is covered so when you go to the doctor that they pay for the coverage because otherwise what's the point of having it if it's not even going to address your issue and especially your biggest issue of course most people will get this insurance through their job which is cool but it's also something that you can get independently obviously your budget's going to play a lot into that however just keep in mind some of the sequence of events so you may get sick or you get a major accident. Some jobs have, you know, your FMLA and all these different things that cover that. But depending on the severity of it, it may not cover it enough. And what happens if you lose your job and then you also lose those health benefits? It's good while you're employed, but if something major happens, it may not still be that case there. So just kind of keep that in mind because it could become non-existent for you very quickly. Some things to kind of look at, of course, the cost of it. So what's that monthly premium? Everybody complains about how expensive it was. That's why we had things like Obamacare come into play when Obama was in office. Some of that even was increased people's premium. So you want to look at that monthly premium. Also, those deductibles. So the insurance deductibles in reference to health insurance, that's the amount that you pay for covered health care services before your insurance plan kicks in on pain. It's also something important to note that not all procedures and not all providers are covered by every health insurance. So make sure you go back to that, find those in-network providers or see if you will be reimbursed for those out-of-network providers, okay? So a copay, that's a minimum amount that you have to pay per visit. You know, we all know copays and this even goes into the credit. A lot of people got copays on the credit. I'm, I'm here to tell you, you owe some medical office somewhere that went in there and you went to go get your eyes checked or let me not say eyes, let me, we're going to talk about vision insurance a little later on. You go in there to get a checkup and they charge you a $25 copay and you say, hey, bill it to me. Well, you didn't even know you had to pay it, whatever. Now it's sitting on your credit, just, just up there smiling at you a little bit. So make sure you understand those copays and you're prepared for it and you get logical copays as needed. Don't forget co-insurance. So that's the percentage of the cost that you pay versus what the insurance pay. There may be a cap on the total out-of-pocket expense that comes along with that. And then a lot of times once that maximum co-insurance amount is reached, the insurance will pay 100% of the procedure. So let's say if your co-insurance or your out-of-pocket deductible is $5,000. So if you get a procedure that's $10,000, and I'm just using this very basic term just for explanation purposes, they may say anything after $5,000 we are paid, but you're responsible for $5,000 of this within specific realms, okay? So just kind of be aware of those. Make sure those are some things that you're aware of. So if you're taking notes, you want to check on specific conditions. You want to check on the cost. You want to check what doctors are in network, what doctors are out of network, what procedures are covered, what procedures are not. You want to check on those deductibles. You want to check on your copay costs and you want to check on that co-insurance cost and see where it caps out at. Okay. So kind of moving on to number two, which is the title of the episode. How am I going to help you live better if you can't even afford to die? You have to take advantage of life insurance. I'm going to be very blunt and direct here, okay? Let's say that again. You're listening. You have to take advantage of life insurance. When you die, you're going to get a bill or you get a bill and a check where your family gets the bill or the bill and the check. But what I'm saying is the people who you have as beneficiaries, 
they will either get a bill or a bill and a check when you die okay and i'm not saying crash but you have to take or trying to be crash should i say but you have to take advantage of life insurance now i actually want to be transparent about that because as i'm i'm sitting here looking in the camera but you know i told you all in episode number one i was always going to be very transparent i was always going to be very open about this if there was probably one regret that i had about my dad passing well let me not say well no that's probably one regret i didn't really have any regrets about him passing per se of course i miss him as i mentioned in a couple of episodes previously but the one regret i did not get any life insurance on my dad so he had life insurance but i personally did not get any life insurance on him okay so we you know that was all taken care of no problem and it was something that he told me to do and i did not listen but let me explain why so i have life insurance on my mother i have life insurance on my stepfather we got life insurance on everybody in our house we have life insurance on my mother-in-law but i did not get it on my dad because i knew the responsibility of taking care of his funeral arrangements was not solely on me whereas everybody else that i mentioned or that was forementioned was on me and so it was always well i'm working on this other stuff i get there i wasn't expecting him to go anywhere like i mentioned before and i won't go over the whole story again but like i mentioned before i talked to him the morning that he died on his way to work in a very normal conversation the next phone call I got about him was telling me to come to the hospital because he wasn't responsive. So you're not expecting it. When I'm telling you to go get life insurance on people, I'm not saying go out and cut their brake lines. OK, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in case something happens, do it and get that life insurance. That's one of the things that we struggle with a lot in our community, being the black community. We don't always go and get that life insurance or we don't even want to have the conversation about it. You remember when I spoke about having conversations? We don't even want to have the conversation about life insurance because we're so concerned that somebody, I don't know if we think we're going to kill them or try to come up off of it or what. I don't know what it is, but at the end of the day, you're going to die at some point and you need to make sure that the people around you are prepared for that. So. The first question that you ask yourself when you're ready to get life insurance, how much will you need? So I'm going to give you some some kind of loose boundaries so you kind of know where to start. So if you're replacing an income, you want to multiply your yearly salary by the amount of years you have left until retirement age. So actually, before I go into this next part, let me also say this. As I'm talking about all these different insurances, I'm not a licensed insurance agent, okay? If you need a referral on that, please hit me up. I make sure I want to say that because I'm not trying to advise you, quote unquote, on insurance because I'm not a licensed insurance agent. But this is just information that I want to make sure that we get so we can get to that financial plan. So if you want more in-depth information, reach out to me if you don't know any insurance agents and I'll get you insurance agents in all these different categories of insurance. Now, with that being said... If you're replacing the income, you multiply your annual salary by the amount of years you have left until your retirement age. Okay, so let's say you're 40 years old, just to make the math easy. You're 40 years old. You anticipate on retiring at 65 years of age. Then let's say you make 50K a year. Okay, so you have 25 years left to retirement. If you make 50K a year, you multiply that by 25 years left. That's one point two five million. Okay. So in this scenario, with that 1.25 million, for the next 25 years, your family would be able to access 4% of that policy per year and replace your $50,000 for the next 25 years. Now, granted, your family might not have any financial literacy and they run through it. 
but that's none of your business. It's your business to make sure that you are placing the right things in order so that they are prepared properly for once you're gone or for those that are around you and your loved ones, okay? So once you estimate how much you need, Oh, also, if you say you're not replacing the salary, you just need to pay off the house or cars or a little bit of debt, you may get less. Just kind of add that up. You may only need $100,000. So just kind of add that up, and that kind of differs. So it depends on what your purpose is with the life insurance, okay? Once you have estimated uh, about how much you need on the life insurance, your next piece that you want to do is... Think about the two main types of life insurance and then a slightly less common one I mentioned. So you typically have whole life or term insurance, whole life, otherwise known as permanent insurance. A lot of times you hear people refer to it just so it's easy to understand the difference between the two, depending on what your purpose is and your budget, your age and your personal situation depends on which one of these two that you may need to go with. So whole life, some of the benefits of whole life. Your premium is going to stay the same for the entire time frame of the policy. Typically, let me also say typically, like I said, this is not me giving a specific quote. I'm saying typically it will remain the same in comparison to a term policy. Whole life also sometimes can have a cash value to it. This cash value, it could build up over time and can be accessed while still living. Okay, so let me kind of explain that. That whole life policy, it can actually be used as an investment because it builds up cash value over time. Okay, and then you can go and access that cash value to borrow against, to use to invest, to use in different ways that could cause you to be able to access money that you wouldn't have otherwise. So some people refer to it as kind of being their own bank. You can do that while you're still living. You don't have to die to access that cash value in certain policies, okay? So this is where you're now taking it to that next level, not just when I die. Okay, this is somewhere that I can put money now that I can access it as I need it through a actual investment item in an investment vehicle. So one thing they're typically guaranteed to go up in value due to the way that insurance policies are rated. So that makes them able to impact and fight against inflation because of the fact that they go in value and often follow those markets on that. You can earn dividends on some of them. So you actually will get checks in the mail based on the value as it goes up. You'll get a part of those profits sometimes. The tax advantages. So I was talking about being able to borrow money. There can be some tax advantages by borrowing money from that insurance policy, because when you borrow money from that insurance policy, you aren't taxed as long as you pay it back in the way that you were prescribed to pay it back. So that gives you an opportunity to borrow some tax free money or to access some tax free capital that you can then use to invest or then use to create a business, take care of some bills, pay off some debt and then repay that money at a lower interest rate. So those are the things. That insurance can be really good at doing Okay, so there's a whole lot of other benefits too But kind of moving on to the term insurance So some of the pros of term insurance Term insurance being typically short-term insurance It's for a certain term But some of the pros Typically, the price of it is lower than whole life insurance. So whole life insurance, although it lasts longer because they know that it's typically permanent insurance and you're going to die at some point in time, it has a higher premium associated with it. Term insurance, because you're taking a little bit more risk that you may not die 
during that term. It oftentimes will be of lesser price for it as well. Beneficiaries receive a larger death benefits because that lower price for the same quote unquote price. So let's say I'm just making up numbers. Let's say you pay $100 for a whole life insurance policy that may only get you $30,000. But if you pay $100 for a term policy, that may get you a quarter million. So for that same amount, you can get a larger payoff as long as you die within that term. A lot of times you can convert them into whole life policies at a later date, depending on what company you're using in their terms. Some of the cons is temporary. So if you have a 10 year policy and they don't die within that 10 year time frame, that just goes away. Also, insurance is typically cheaper when you're younger. So if you, if the person happens to get older, well, obviously they get older if they don't die, but if they get older during that time frame, that then opens up the door for when you come to the renewal for that policy to be way more expensive on that back end if they even will do it because you have to requalify a lot of times for term policies. And if you had any added health issues or if you have health issues, term can be very difficult for you to get those. Then lastly, that third insurance that I was talking about, final expense insurance. That's the type of life insurance that's paid out very quickly after someone passes. Okay, so for that particular one, instead of you maybe waiting a couple of weeks or even months if there's an investigation, but we won't get into the foolishness, no foul play over here, but that one typically will get paid out in two to three days to cover funeral expenses. So sometimes it's only somewhere between ten and $20,000, but that one you can get to do in addition to you just having your regular life insurance. So that way you can make sure you can get it quickly to take care of those funeral expenses. So moving on to the next one is our disability insurance. This one also comes in two main types. If you haven't noticed, insurance likes to come in two types of insurance to give people options. You normally go this way or you go that way. So disability insurance, you have typically short-term disability and long-term disability insurance. This one I kind of want to talk about in conjunction with the health insurance from a personal standpoint. Here, you know, I mentioned in, I think, the mindset episode. In part two, I mentioned about my pulmonary embolism that I had. So prior to that pulmonary embolism I had in 2020, I was actually considering finally doing the entrepreneurial thing full time. So the businesses were up and running and supporting them and doing well, even better than the job in the financial services or financial arena that I had. But I was thinking about going full time. Once again, a moment of transparency. And that's why I always like to share these lessons with you all. So although I was leaving, because I was always relatively healthy in my life up to that point, I think I was like 32, maybe 33, 32. I think I had spent one night in the hospital in my entire life up to that point. So I was always relatively healthy. I never really got sick, never, I barely even got a cold. So although I knew I needed health insurance, I had not honestly considered it when I was thinking about doing the full-time entrepreneurial thing. So as I was debating about it, that's when I got sick because I was going to do it. And then after my dad got sick, I kind of put it off because I was like, I'm not really in the right headspace to go full time on that right now. And then when I was about to finally say, OK, let's pull the plug. We need to go 100 percent. You know, got to get, you know, while um, people was having a pandemic out here for somebody told me I need to do a PPP episode. So be on the lookout for that PPP episode. But anywho, so. When I got sick, I was able to access my health insurance that I mentioned and also some short-term disability insurance that I would not have had. My medical bills ended up coming up to about $200,000 and I only had to pay $5,000 out of pocket. 
And I honestly had not considered getting health insurance or disability insurance with going full-time uh, entrepreneurial. Now, don't get me wrong. I had considered it, but it honestly was not very high on my priority list. Let me say it like that. So I had considered it, but I was like, uh, I get it. But let me just kind of get some things up and rolling. But I'm sitting back thinking, man, I would have had to replace my salary and $200,000 in medical bills and I was in a place where I couldn't work for six months so that gave me time to actually heal whereas had I been out entrepreneurial I would have had to get back to work much sooner so just kind of keep that in mind I was able to access that short term and that long term disability short term is typically somewhere 12 weeks or yeah 12 weeks six weeks or less six weeks or less is typically short term anything over that six week period from six to 12 even 18 depending on your company and the policy that's when you get into that full time disability insurance not full time full disability or long-term disability so the kind of way that those kind of work with my short-term disability for those six weeks i got paid 100 percent of my paycheck then for the long term initially i got paid 80 percent of my paycheck for the first couple of weeks then it went down to 60 percent of my paycheck i think after 12 weeks so from day one until week the end of week six i got 100 percent of my paychecks from week six to week 12, I got 80%. And then anything over week 12, I just got 60% of the paycheck. So that can be really big if you get into a major situation where you're out for an extended amount of time. Like I said, you can get those as I'm talking about in my personal situation. I had it through my job, but you can also get those from outside companies independently if you're an entrepreneur or you just want some additional coverage. So the next one that we have here is dental insurance. So dental insurance, that was important, man. Look, so y'all know, in case y'all don't know I, I have braces currently right now so I do not play when it comes to them them raggedy teeth you know don't be up in my face with no raggedy teeth son you know what I'm saying <laughs> like nah you know I, I love Martin though anybody know me know I grew up on Martin and every time I see somebody with raggedy teeth I sit back and think about Jerome this is the third time today somebody done call me up mouth you know so I got to keep that in mind make sure you get that dental insurance okay most of the time with that dental insurance anything past normal preventative care is going to need to access some dental insurance, okay? Preventative care being your regular cleanings, you know. Hopefully, y'all get those twice a year. Look, if you don't get your cleaning twice a year, bro, go get your teeth cleaned, okay? We don't we don't do the regular teeth, all right? But if you need, say, restorative work or orthodontic work, implants, having dental insurance can save you thousands. You can get that independently through your job, same with vision insurance as well, you know. And it's also important with the dental insurance that you have to get it before you actually need it. You can't say, oh, man, you can't go to the dentist. I got a root canal and then go in or I need a root canal. I need some restorative work and then go and try to sign up for the insurance. They are not favorable on that, especially outside of your job. And it can be difficult to get. So you don't want to get caught lacking. Like, go ahead and get that dental insurance. You know, you might be out here. I know how some of y'all get down. You out here sleeping with somebody's wife or messing around with somebody's wife. They come home, knock your teeth out. You ain't had no dental insurance. Bam, look at you. All right. So go ahead, get your dental insurance. So we're going to take a little pause here for just a minute. I'm actually going to give y'all another tall T. Warren story. So if you don't mind, just hold here for me. Listen to the Tall T. Warren story, and I'll be right back with you. But let me tell y'all about this man, Tall T. Warren. Man, so we actually going to talk about 13, 14-year-old Tall T. Warren. We're not even going to talk about adult Tall T. Warren today. Bro, this dude, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, wanted to be a NBA star, uh, NBA hopeful, Okay. Um, which, you know, it, a lot of people have hoop dreams, but, bro, I'm five foot seven, dog. Bro, I've been five foot seven since I was, like, 12. 
bro, you, bro, you not, you not an NBA hopeful. But at the time, I didn't know I wasn't gonna grow no more. Who, who knew I won't go grow no more? By the way, how was I supposed to know? Okay, but that's not even the problem here. A lot of people got hoop dreams. My problem was Tall T Warren actually thought, bro, this dude actually thought that his backup plan, if if the NBA didn't work out, was just to become a platinum rapper. Yes, that, that was the backup plan because, you know, everybody just walked into platinum rap albums the other day or every day. So, bro, and furthermore, what the issue with this was, I slash he can't rap. It'd be different if I could rap. I don't have a problem with anybody wanting to be a rapper if they actually can rap. I mean, I don't really rock with SoundCloud rappers that heavy. Um, the official SoundCloud rappers or maybe unofficial SoundCloud rappers. Because uh, for me, SoundCloud rappers are kind of like the original uh, slushy technicians that turned into Forex gurus. Y'all know the people they worked at Sonic last week. And then this week they turned into uh, Forex gurus that uh, sell master classes. Um, so SoundCloud rappers was like the uh, original slushy guru in my mind. But anyway, so... I can't rap. So why is it that I felt like it was a good backup plan to become a rapper? Bro, so I told y'all I love Martin. One of my favorite lines off Martin. Uh, um, it ain't it ain't blackjack. It's blacker jack. Junk in the trunk. Yeah. So my rap name was blacker jack. Mistake number one. The... My tagline was mistake number two. Look, I'm, I'm getting all choked up over here trying to get it. Pause. Um, rep line number two. It, the tagline, let me just spit this for y'all real quick. I call it spitting. It's spitting this trash. They call me Black or Jack because I know the deal. Little homie. And I spit that real. What in the entire world was my man on with that one? Woohoo, that was trash. Now, it, it, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. He, he can't rap. But that's just how impervious he was. Tall T. Warren, but, but just pick up a book, my man. If if I could just go back in time, but just pick up a book. Like, let the hoop dreams go. The rap dream shouldn't even be a dream. At least you were halfway decent at basketball. Your rap game trash, although that mixtape is fire. Let, the, let that be very clear. But nah, it, it just got to go. That that ain't it, Chief, okay? That ain't it. So we're going to get back to the episode, but I just wanted to share another adventure with Tall T. Warren. Man, that dude be tripping, right? Like, he just be tripping. But anyway, so the next form of insurance that we're talking about, this one is specifically for those people that drive them Nissan Altimas with the missing bumpers and the ball tires. Car insurance, Okay. Car insurance. You got two main types of car insurance. You got liability and you got comprehensive. Liability being the type that you have when you can't use your lying abilities to try to convince the cops that it wasn't actually your fault when you know that it was. And now you got to take responsibility of the accident. Okay? But in all seriousness, liability being the insurance that you have to get that will cover you if you hit somebody. It'll fix their car, pay their medical bills. Okay, it doesn't necessarily do anything for you. It's saying I was at fault and now I have to fix the issue that I created. Okay, liability is typically required by every state. 
they have their different limits that are required with that. Now, comprehensive, on the other hand, it covers everything that we just mentioned as far as insurance goes. But on top of covering that, it also would cover your car. It would cover your medical bills, potentially. The biggest thing that you need to know about that one is if you are financing a car or leasing a vehicle, most likely that one is going to be required. This is another slightly unpopular opinion. Just because you paid your car off does not mean that you need to cancel your comprehensive insurance. If you cannot afford to replace your car and your car is a necessity to your way of life, you need to find a way to leave your comprehensive insurance up there. Just because you paid it off does not mean that you need to cancel it if you can't afford to replace the car out of pocket. Okay, we got that. All right. Ooh, you got to say this. I see it so many times. I even remember growing up, I used to think that it automatically canceled when you paid the car off because I would always hear people saying, man, I can't wait to pay my car off so I can get rid of this comprehensive because I'm getting rid of this comprehensive as soon as I pay the car off. I thought it just automatically canceled. Yeah, that's not a good way of thinking. That's only good if you can afford to replace it or that your car is just so low in value because you got the little skanger banger rust bucket and you can't afford it, it, it. You're paying more for the insurance than the car is even worth. Okay, then then I get it. So it's important that you know how much of this insurance that you need. Every situation, of course, is different. Most states have minimums there. There may be 30K per person, so per accident and bodily injury. So they pay up to 30K on the vehicle possibly up to 30k on the medical bills of you or the person per accident but this is the thing that's important that's all that they're going to pay okay so that may mean that you also need some underinsured motorist insurance okay so i actually want to share a story with you about my mom if you remember in one of the stories i was talking about creating in one of the episodes i was talking about creating a logical emergency fund and i talked about how my mom got in the head on collision the lady that she got in the head on collision with only had minimal state required liability insurance. She was one of those people who was not able to use her lying abilities to get out of saying that it was her fault. She claimed that something ran across the street and that's why she swerved. Mom was like, yeah, I never saw nothing ran across, run across the street. So she wasn't able to use her lying abilities to get out of it. So she was charged with the accident. She only had, I think it was $50,000 in coverage. However, my mom's hospital bills actually came up to over $400,000. Just her initial hospital bills. We're not even talking about all the follow-up as she was recovering from all those different ailments. Her insurance had to step in to pay some of it. Her actual health insurance, fortunately, she worked for the hospital, so they discounted her medical bills a whole lot, and she ended up coming out scot-free and not having to pay anything because of her health insurance. But had those things not been in the place, that underinsured motorist insurance would have been really useful to cover that amount that the person that hit her did not have. So just kind of keep that in mind. So after that... My wife and I, we went back and I actually increased on our policy that we have close to hundred and $300,000 worth of damages just to hopefully try to make somebody hold if we were to get into something or even ourselves and make sure we could cover if that person that hit us didn't have enough insurance on that. Also, it's important to know with your car insurance, watch those deductibles. Typically, the higher the deductible, so instead of having a $500 deductible, you have a $1,000 deductible, it'll make the premium cheaper. But once again, think about that emergency fund. Think about your budget. 
can I really afford to pay a thousand dollars if something happened to my car out of the blue? Could I afford to pay fifteen hundred dollars? So you have to kind of keep that in mind and see how it works into your budget and talk with your insurance professional and see which one works best for you. The next one, homeowners and renters insurance. So renters insurance, this is probably, to be honest, one of the cheapest bills that you ever even going to have. Like required bill, it can be anywhere from $15 to $30 a month. But the amount of stress that it saves you is worth it, okay? One thing that you need to make sure you do with your rental insurance is to make sure you know what's covered in it and what items like accidental, fire, flood, different things. Because sometimes those insurances have to be separate from it or they're not covered in your basic renter's insurance policy. Or as I'm kind of moving into the homeowner's insurance policy, some of those things like flood, flood insurance on homes is actually separate, especially in some places in the country and is required separately. If that home is in a floodplain, you have to get that separately. So with your homeowner's insurance, of course, that's required on most mortgages. Uh, Most lenders will require that you put it in the escrow along with your taxes. Okay. Their escrow is just a separate account where they collect all your taxes. Texas and insurance and they pay that for you as is due, but you just pay it automatically kind of included there with your, your mortgage. Also, a little bit of a pro tip, although you didn't hear this from me, you, you heard it from me, but you didn't hear it from me. When you're trying to apply for a mortgage, they take your escrow into consideration. So it is possible for you to get the most basic and the lowest coverages that are required by either the bank or your state just so that your policy is as cheap as possible while you're trying to qualify for that mortgage. And then once you actually qualify for your mortgage and close on the home, you can call your insurance company back and increase that premium a little bit to make sure that it gives you that accurate coverage. Because on that coverage, I suggest people, and once again, not a licensed insurance agent, but I suggest that on your insurance coverage, that instead of current value, you get replacement value on your homeowner's insurance, okay? And I kind of want to say that again. Instead of getting current value, you want to get replacement value on your homeowner's insurance. Reason being, if you get current value, then they're going to replace the items at whatever the value was when you bought it. So if you bought something and it was $5,000, they're going to give you $5,000 if you use current value, and that may have been $5,000, say, 12, 15 years ago. But if you get replacement value and that item is now, say, $10,000, they actually will give you $10,000 to replace the item, okay? So in addition to that, you can get what are called riders on insurance policies. So riders, you want to add those whenever you have abnormally high ticket items like jewelry or laptop, like things that are like abnormally high in your home. You want to get those rider policies with it as well. So I did mention I would talk about a couple of bonus insurances just before we kind of wrap up here. So identity theft insurance. Now the trick with identity theft insurance Sometimes credit cards offer those. Sometimes services that you already have offer those insurances. So it's not really necessary for you to go out and get a whole separate policy or pay for it. Or if you do, you can get it discounted or really, really cheap from what you already have. You can also get an umbrella policy. That umbrella policy that kicks in after some of the pre-mentioned policies, you know, your car insurance, your home insurance, renter's insurance that actually protects any assets you have from people being able to go at them. You remember in the car insurance when I talked about underinsured motorists or uninsured motorists. So if you have an umbrella policy and you're underinsured, that umbrella policy may 
quote unquote may. I'm not a licensed insurance agent. Go talk to your licensed insurance agents. But it may step in for you to be able to cover some of those damages. Or let's say you're throwing a party at your house. Y'all get drunk. Somebody get punched in the mouth. They teeth get knocked out. They didn't have dental insurance because they didn't listen to the podcast. And then they want to sue you for the damages because it happened at your house for somebody that was drinking your alcohol. That's something that potentially that umbrella policy could step in to assist with. You might also want to look at long-term care insurance. Long-term care insurance, if you need assisted living, the odds are one in three that after 60, you would need some form of long-term medical care or assisted living facility. And then finally, travel insurance. That's for when those unexpected things come up before you're getting ready to go on a really expensive trip. It can include things like medical evac. You know, I've read stories about people who were stuck overseas that needed to get back home after an accident, but they couldn't afford a medical evac because they had to be taken back medically or for in certain capacities where it required a bunch of medical equipment to do it. Um, and then you could just be reimbursed for extenuating circumstances when situations happen. So those are just a few extra policies. Now, with that being said, just to kind of go run back through those insurances one more time before we kind of get up out of here for today. So, of course, you have your health insurance, you have your life insurance, your disability insurance, your dental insurance, your car insurance, homeowners and renters insurance. And then, of course, you know, the identity theft, the umbrella policy, long term care and the travel insurance as well. So those are just a few. You want to make sure that you get those in order prior to starting to try to do a whole lot of investing and early on in your plan because it's just going to help you mitigate risk because no matter how much planning you do when life happens it'll knock you down if you're not kind of prepared for it so we're going to go ahead and get up out of here until next time make sure that you follow us on all social media the ymit podcast on tiktok ymit underscore mindset on Facebook, the Young Millionaire and Trainer Financial Tips for our free Facebook group. You get all kinds of tips. I try to put some in there every day for everybody. Our Facebook page, Young Millionaire and Training Podcast, Facebook page there. Send me a message. Shoot me an email, Mr. YMIT12 at gmail.com. That's M R Y M I T 12 at gmail.com. Tap in with me. If you got questions, concerns, anything you want to hear, topics you want to hear, feel free to reach out to me. But until next time, make sure you keep studying. Make sure you keep your training up. And I'll talk to you good people later. Young millionaires and training. Young millionaires and training. Young millionaires and training. Building your check-ins and your savings. Building your check-ins and your savings. Building your check-ins and your savings.